0: okay, because it says the joy in the house of the Lord, uh, let me get to it, there's joy in the house of the Lord, that's what I meant to say, amen, so uh, you put a smile on your face and let's sing it together, alright, here we go, One, two, three, four. Day. we give you all the praise all the honor and all the glory we thank you that you're in the house today Amen. everybody give the lord a clap offering if you would and i need you to put the joy of the lord on your face put a smile on your face turn around and tell somebody you're glad to see him this morning let's fellowship for a little bit if you would all right Thank you. if you would you can find your place go ahead and be seated we've got just a few announcements today Amen. all right uh first of all first things first are there any visitors in the house today if you're a visitor we don't want to embarrass you but we do want to get a record of your visit anybody in the house first time visitors not you i see you anybody else Uh, Well, there you go. Ginger. Ginger uh, is back. Ginger Metz is back. Give her a big hand. Amen. Amen. But I think I know how to find you. I think I already got you in my phone, girl. All right. Uh, Nobody else? All right. Uh, We got one over here. BJ. (laughs) Don't let her do that to you, BJ. You got to watch Vera. Amen. All right. Well, wonderful. It's good to have all of you here. Um, Uh, Julie is in Kilgore leading worship this morning, so pray for her. You're stuck with me. Um, But let me give you a few announcements. We always need more volunteers for the yard team and for the cleaning teams. You can see me uh, on the yard team, or you can see Miss Kate on the cleaning team. Raise your hand, Miss Kate. See her? Uh, That just uh, helps us save money here at the church because we've got volunteers doing all that. Also volunteers for Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings for children ministry. Uh, Miss uh, Cindy is kind of having to take a break because she uh, is taking care of her sister uh, who has fallen ill. So uh, we just need more help. Always always needed more help, but uh, now especially need more help. So see me if you can help in that area also. Don't forget, this Wednesday night, church-wide Thanksgiving family (laughs) meal. Praise the Lord. Why can y'all not all be excited like her? Amen. (laughs) <laughs> there's somebody, somebody shout, amen uh, And I, I tell you what, food, uh, I don't know what to tell you if you can't shout about food, amen But the Lord will provide it for us We are going to have, uh, the church is going to provide uh, Greenberg smoked turkey uh, And then we will, uh, we're going to have all the sides and desserts If you can sign up, there's a sign up sheet back there, bring that with you And come early, because if it's anything like last year, we had a house full last year Miss Mary? All right. If you don't make it to the list, she says, just bring what you want. We will consume whatever you put out there. If it is edible, let me restate that. If it is edible, amen. I'm going to be asking who cooked what. All right. Don't mean to get picky, but you know you can tell I ain't that picky. Uh, so uh, don't forget that. That is uh, Wednesday night at six o'clock and at seven o'clock, we'll do all the normal activities. Uh, we're going to do a Thanksgiving uh, share service and testimony service in the adults, but we'll have the teen service, we'll have the kids service, we'll do everything as normal, but we will all eat dinner together at six o'clock in the big room, all right? Uh, then don't forget, uh, no the next Wednesday, No Wednesday Activities on November 22nd, we always try to give you the Wednesday before Thanksgiving off, because we know a lot of you are doing family activities, and uh, some of you, if you do multiple family activities, sometimes it has to fall on Wednesday or Friday, so... We just have always given you that Wednesday night off to be with your family and to prepare. And then movie night will be the next Sunday, November 26th at 6 p.m. Free popcorn, free candy, free Jesus. We've been watching The Chosen. Uh, It's been awesome. And then last but not least, uh, if you want to go to Monterey, Mexico, I'm going to go. Whoever else is on that list is going to go. I don't have a cost yet. I'm still working on the cost. But we're going to go to Brother Pablo's church, if you know uh, Brother... Uh, Pablo and his family uh, they are our missionaries to Monterey and we're going to go see them it is their church anniversary uh, always in February and he's been after me uh, the last couple of years to come and so we're finally going to put the trip together and go so if you are interested in that just put your name on the uh, sign up sheet back there I think that is everything so let's stand if you would (coughs) oh I forgot, I'm sorry, yes why don't you give it, you'll do better than I do yes 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 and so we will have uh, and also with that coming up again it will all sneak up on us uh, it seems like a long way away but it is not a long way away uh, we are going to also be doing our, uh, our Christmas party for all the bus kids on the Wednesday night <clears throat> so close to Christmas and so uh, we'll need money given for that last year we went and bought all the kids uh, presents I think every kid that came got uh, at least two or three presents and so uh, that's something that we do to help in our community. And so uh, be, be watching for all that. Uh, we'll we'll uh, give you more information as we get closer on that. All right, let's all stand now, if you would. And we're going to sing, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Amen. Here we go. Three, four. Put your hands together and help us out. because Jesus
1: Savior's say, thy way in thee is all. Child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine own. own. But Jesus paid i hey. For sin had left a crimson stain, he was in white of because Jesus paid
0: something before the preaching, uh, we're going to show a video. But As many of you know, this is uh, Veterans Day weekend, and so we wanted to uh, just honor and thank you, those of you that are veterans. So watch this video, if you would, at first, and then we're going to recognize our veterans. So we want to say thank you this morning. If you are a veteran that has served uh, in our uh, armed forces, would you please stand and remain standing if you would? Amen. Amen. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. You guys remain standing if you would. We want to pray for y'all and thank you for your service. Uh, We also need to have a special time of prayer this morning for uh, Chris Hobbs. And so Chris, um, I got a notification this morning that he was in a wreck, and uh, he is in the hospital right now. Uh, There's, uh, there's, he's struggling with brain activity, there's a brain bleed, and so uh, we just need to bring Chris before the throne, amen, and we need to pray for him, and some of his family is here. I'm going to ask y'all to come, and let me lay hands on y'all and pray over y'all if you would. So y'all come, Uh, uh, veterans, y'all keep standing, because we're going to we'll pray for all of this today. All right. Father, we love you today. And uh, God, we we come before you recognizing God that you hold all things in your hands even our very lives in your hands. And God, we have no idea how long we have. We have no idea, Lord, what our future holds. None of us are promised tomorrow. And God, many times life Lord, uh, it beats us down, Lord. Uh, We live in a broken and a sinful world and bad things happen to good people, God. And we want to pray, Lord, for our brother Chris. Lord, we love him. We bring him before you right now, Lord, as his family, as his immediate family and as his extended spiritual family. He is our brother in Christ, Lord. We pray for our brother. God, would you bring healing to his body, healing to his mind. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would be the great physician. I pray that, God, You would touch his body and heal it, that you'd be our healer and our provider. Uh, Lord, I pray that, God, you would just uh, be with the doctors and the nurses and the surgeons and everybody who will touch him, everybody who's working on him. Give them wisdom and discernment beyond their own wisdom and discernment. God, I just pray that you'd be with this precious family. Again, they are our family. Lord, uh, we wrap our arms around them as brothers and sisters in Christ. If one part of the body hurts, the entire body hurts. And so we pray for them, God. Would you wrap your arms around them? Would you give them peace that passes all understanding, God? Would you just, uh, Lord, let them know that in the midst of this trial, in the midst of this valley, God, that you're you're with them, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they com- it comforts them, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, they would just uh, lean into you during this time, God. And we pray for our brother, Lord. Uh, Lord, I, again, as Christians, it's a win-win, God. As Paul said, to live as Christ and to die as gain, Lord so, Lord, we know that they can't threaten us with heaven. But, Lord, we selfishly, we love our brother Chris. And we want him to be here longer with us, God. And so I pray that you'd honor that request. We pray for healing in the name of Jesus because we believe it and we know that you can do it. And so, Lord, we just pray that right now, God. Lord, thank you for these veterans. Thank you for them serving our country and serving us, Lord. And we know that freedom is not really free. And, Lord, it costs people something. Many, it costs their very lives. So we thank you for the service of these men and women, God. And, Lord, we just praise you and thank you for the opportunity to honor them, God. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, would you fill this place now. Lord, be with Brother Martin, God. I pray that, God, you would cover him. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through him in an incredible way. We ask you, Lord, Holy Spirit, to just pour yourself out now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, uh, Children's Church, if you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, uh, they can head that way. Smaller kids will go this way, and larger kids will go that way, all right? So Brother Brian is going to be with you guys out there. Miss Louisa is going to be with you guys there. So smaller kids, uh, those doors there, and older kids, those doors there. Give our kids and our children's workers a big hand if you would. (laughs) Amen. Brother Martin is going to give you the word today, amen? So give Brother Martin a big hand if you would.
2: Thank you. Give me just a minute while I get set up here. And so if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, and so... uh, just a second. Get my phone out so I don't keep y'all for lunch too late. So always got to keep up with that. So the title of my message this morning uh, is called "The Song of Moses." Now we were in Sunday school a little bit earlier, and Brother Terry and I were talking, and uh, he was he was asking me what my message was about, and I was like, "You didn't know Moses wrote a song? Number one hit, still 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 in the I guess uh, in circulation today." So he's like. He did, so that is the title of my message, The Song of Moses. So I have such a good time in Sunday school. Those of you that don't come, you're, you're missing out. I do get made fun of, I'm picked on just a little bit. Uh, we've been covering the book of John, and it seems like we've been covering it for ages now. And so they are taking bets that maybe by 2025, we will uh, be done. <laughs> With the book of John and I will tell you we hit a milestone today. We finished up chapter 17 and started on chapter 18. And so there's just so much spiritual wisdom. There's so much wisdom in the book of John, really the whole Bible. And it seems like every week I, I pick up something new. I go back and I reread it. And I pick up something else, and so we end up making a U-turn and going back to the last chapter, or the last verses, and then we may spend 30 minutes on that. And the past five chapters, really, I, I think we've probably spent quite a bit of time on that. I don't really know how long, but a long time. And it's a point in time where jesus is with his loved ones he is spending his last night on earth and he gathers the 11 disciples that are there he has a meal with them and if you've ever been to a meal with some of your loved ones you as kids you remember your parents saying bye to your grandparents or to your aunts and uncles and then you get up to leave and then they're talking for another 30 minutes and that's the same way this is Um, and so Jesus is is literally telling his loved ones, his closest ones to him, the very last things that he wants to impart on them before he goes to the cross before the resurrection before he ascends up to heaven and, and and i think all of us at some point in time and there, i can't remember the guy's name but there was a guy that knew he had terminal cancer and he wrote a book for his kids of the wisdom that he wanted to impart on his kids because he knew he he wasn't going to be there for them and so jesus spends that time and chapter 17 was the last chapter of that point in time before the, the, the walk to the crucifixion. And, and so it's just been amazing. And there, there are times that, that I know in my life as a parent, I think about what I would want my children to know if I'm no longer here what wisdom would I want to impart on them? And and so I say all that to say this, is that the Song of Moses is is literally the same thing that we just covered in Sunday School. This morning we're gonna take a a look at a a similar situation with with one of the pillars of our faith, Moses. By the time we are to this chapter, uh, or this part of scripture, we're in the closing moments of of moses's life here on earth the sun is setting on his time here on earth now just to cover a little bit about moses you know moses was born into slavery like he was born to be a slave but god had other plans for his life and through a couple of events, he he actually made Moses to be able to grow up as somebody in the royal household of Egypt. Like that, that's crazy to me. And I know that can only be a God thing. You're born a slave, but God made you to grow up as one of the royal family. And so Moses grew up in the palace of Egypt, which was the greatest nation in the world in that day and time. And he grew up educated and he grew up where he had everything at the whim or at his fingertips because he was one of the royal family in Egypt in that day and time but Moses was also made to leave that palace to leave the comfort of the palace to to go back and be a slave with his people now God doesn't God doesn't just let that happen. He gave Moses a hunger. He gave Moses a desire. Moses, at some point in time, found out where he came from, and he very easily could have just said, "You know what? I, 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 that's who. That's where I was born." But I'm just going to hide this secret away because I don't want to give up my Porsche chariot. I don't want to give up my my horses. I don't want to give up all the comforts that come of living in a palace. But Moses was so moved. And so convicted that he knew that he needed to go to his own. And so Moses ends up leaving the palace. He comes down from the palace and he goes to his own who are slaves. And he 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 sees the dispute that's going on between two of his Israelite brothers, and he ends up coming between them and trying to play peacemaker, and one of them calls him out on one of his sins and he says, What are you gonna do? Are you gonna kill one of us just like you did the Egyptian? And Moses gets scared, and he ends up running away, and he goes out into the wilderness. And he spends time there because he's afraid of what may happen to him. If he ends up getting found out, will he be put to death by the Egyptians? But Moses was made for something more than just being out in the wilderness. And so at some point in time, God calls Moses out of the wilderness. He brings him back, and he brings him back for the purpose of redeeming or saving the Israelites from bondage, captivity, slavery, whatever word you want to put on it, to redeem his people from bondage in Egypt. And Moses was one. I mean, we all around uh, Easter time, you know, I grew up watching the Ten Commandments over three days on ABC. Starts on Saturday, goes on Sunday, ends on Monday. And that was just part of the Easter tradition. And you see that he performed all sorts of miracles. He was able to see the Red Sea part. He was able to see the frogs and the locusts. He was able to see the Nile River turn red. And all those things, all those miracles came out out of Moses' hand through the power of God. So there's no question about the type of leader that Moses was. There's no question about about what kind of man Moses was. But Moses' life... As, as, as magnificent as it was, and when when you look at those things and, and you only read about those things, you think Moses lived such a blessed life, but it didn't happen without problems. He tried making excuses, and he couldn't hold up to them. He tried running away, and the pull got even stronger. He, he, tried, he tried to tune all that out, and God kept pulling him because Moses was made with a serpent. Certain purpose in his life you and I have the same purpose as Moses I don't know what your purpose is but God does And and I'm telling you all this because it's not going to come without challenges. There's times that God's called me to something, and I try making excuses. There's times God's called me to something, and I try running away. There's times that God's called me to something, and I I try to tune it out or downplay it. But when the pull of God is on your life, God's going to get his will met one way or another. And so in Moses' troubles, his sister turned on him, and I'm just naming a few. His brother destroyed in the weekend with one marvelous party what Moses had done through the power of God of getting these ignorant people, of, of, of following the Lord. His brother decides to throw a party a week party and he destroys everything that Moses had done through the power of God. He was he he was he was called out by the people that were following him. He was criticized and, and and in this time that we're at he's on the precipice of ending 40 years. And this is the greatest description that I've ever heard in Sunday school and it came from Autumn Littles. We were we were doing Sunday school one Sunday and I'm like what did uh, what what happened with the uh, with, with Moses and the Israelites? You know when they were in the wilderness, and only as a teenager could she just kind of quipped, "They walked around in circles for forty years." <laughs> I'm like, that is brilliant. That is literally what they did. They walked around in circles for 40 years. Here I am thinking I'm this big theologian and I I have all these answers and only a teenager or a child could put it in such great terms that it makes so much sense that it's so simple that I'm like, wow. And so he's at the end of these 40 years of walking around with people that complain about all we have is tortillas from the sky to eat. For 40 years, I want some pollo. Pollo means chicken for those of you that don't speak in tongues. So for 40 years... They're, they're walking around and the Lord brings tortillas down from heaven and, and that's all they have to eat. And so those people grumble, they sit there and, and they, they they chastise Moses. And, and I don't know about you, but just leading a few people, I can't imagine leading 2.5 million people in that close of proximity with all the whiners and naysayers and all that stuff. That cannot be easy. Brother Mark over here saying amen, I only got a hundred And Moses is not going to get to go to the promised land Because he struck a rock in anger But Moses understood better than anyone What it took to answer the calling of God upon someone's life He understood the method of what God would use in order to get the will out of your life in order for God to get you to do exactly what God made you to do. I don't don't know if you understand that or not. But God made every single one of us for a purpose, for his honor and his glory, and many of us choose not to ever explore that because we're saved, we're going to heaven. There's no question there. But but I'm telling you, it's a burden on my heart. And, and this should be a burden on every believer's heart that if I don't if I don't answer the purpose or the calling on my life, there's somebody on this earth that may never get to go to heaven because I didn't answer that call on my life. And that weighs heavy on my heart. But at the same time, I also know that it it doesn't come without problems. It doesn't come without situations popping up. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come without without some sort of growth. And so I want to go ahead and go to our scripture. And and I'm going to go to verse 10. And the Bible says... He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Now, this is just one verse of Moses' song to his people. And when I I say it's Moses' song, it's what he wants these people to remember, to understand, and to know before he's no longer with them. And from Abraham to Jacob to Moses to the Israelites to Martin Ibarra to fill in your name in that blank. The story of God is always the same. God found them. God found them in a desert land. God found them in the wasteland. God found them in a howling wilderness. I know that that's where God found me. It, it, but it's also a picture. The, the first thing I want you to understand, Moses is telling this people, this is how much God loves you. He's going to find you wherever you are. He's going to find you in a desert land, a wasteland, a howling wilderness. He's going to encircle you. He's going to instruct you, and he's going to keep you as the apple of his eye. Amen. I have never, ever, ever had somebody tell me that I am the apple of their eye. But it makes me feel good reading that. It makes me feel good that the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the God that created it all, he looks at me and he just says it better than any Hallmark card. He sees me as the apple of his eye. And when I say that he finds you in the desert land, or, or I, I'm saying all this to let you know that he does these things because he loves us. He loved me before I was born. He loved me before I was ever known by anybody. He died for me while I was still in my sins. And praise God, he loves me now. He'll love me tomorrow. He'll love me forevermore. He will always love me no matter where I was, he loved me. No matter where I am, he loves me. No matter where I will be, he loves me. And no matter what I decide to do, God is big enough to always find me wherever I need to be found. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to understand something. Egypt was not a wasteland. Egypt was not a desert land. Egypt was what we would consider America in our day and time. Everybody wants to be there. Why? Because it's rich. Everybody wants to be there. Why? Because they have plenty of food. Everybody wants to be there. Why? Because it's the best economy in the world. Everybody wants to be there. And in the Bible, it actually says that some of the grumbling of those 2.7 million people, and this has always been strange to me, but they, all, they, they, they quip about the tortillas and they get mad and they get upset and they say, at least we had onions to eat in Egypt. I'm like, what does your breath smell like? I mean, I've had some good onions, but not to the point where that's the food I'm going to be missing if I'm taken out of the uh, out of a land that has plenty of food. And so I say all that to say this is the desert plate, the desert land, the wasteland, the howling wilderness. It may be a plan of li- or a land of plenty. It may be a place where you are in comfort. It may be a place where you you lack nothing. It may be like the palace where Moses w- was found. But without the Lord, without Jesus Christ, without that personal relationship, that is exactly what every place will be right there. Amen. You can have the most beautiful car that was ever made, you can have the beautiful mansion. You can live in the gated neighborhood where they tell you how many times you got to cut your grass. You can live in a place where your 401k looks amazing, your bank account can be as fat as they get. Everything can be going your way here on earth, but you may be in the desert land. You may be in the wasteland. You may be in the howling wilderness because if you don't have the salvation of Jesus Christ, that is exactly where you are. And so the people of Israel, they were in bondage, but they lived a pretty nice life. They they had plenty to eat, but the worldly riches, God loves us so much, the worldly riches that we may have... He comes and he loves us because all those will pass away. All those things will fade. But the love of God will never, ever, 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 ever pass away. Amen. And that is richer than anything else that you could accumulate here on earth. And that is the very first thing that Moses wants to let these people know or in this passage of scripture is that God loved you. God loved me that he was willing to find you wherever you are because I'm the apple of his eye. And that just that makes me feel good. <laughs> and so the song of Moses, the song of Moses then goes on to use an eagle, an eagle to illustrate God's love. An eagle to illustrate the training of God, an eagle to illustrate the disruption that God can cause in your life, an eagle to illustrate the development of God in our lives, an eagle to illustrate the deliverance of God on his people. And not just any eagle, it's a mother eagle. And so. Exodus 19 says, I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you out. And I say that to say this. There's some people, and 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 I read some of these, uh, some of this background stuff. But they're like, man, that's kind of strange to use an eagle. But if God used an eagle in Exodus 19, if it's good good enough for God, then it's good enough for Moses to have that picture of God saying, "I bore you on eagle eagle's wings, you 2.7 million people, and I brought you out." Exodus 19. So if it's good enough for God, then it's good enough for Moses to to use that analogy, and, and so. Do you know that a mother eagle loves her children before they're even born? Loves her chicklets, well, I guess eaglets, her eaglets before they're ever hatched. Loves those babies before anything else is hatched. And so in Sunday school today, I, 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 was, I was telling, I don't know that kind of love I think you ladies that have ever had kids, you probably know that kind of love, so you can probably relate. Because I do believe that mothers uh, love their children a, a whole lot sooner than, than, their, than we do as dads because you are literally carrying that baby around with you uh you know you've probably heard me say before when my oldest was born and and she's there and and i'm sitting there and i'm still a man real men don't cry i'm not saved and and, and i and those black eyes look back at me and i, I go down and she grabs a man i bawled like a baby i understood the love that the mother had for the child but the mother loved the child before it was born. But I don't understand that kind of love. But the mother eagle can because what the mother eagle does, it prepares everything before that child is even there. A, a mother eagle, and you can go on YouTube, you can watch these videos, but she wants its baby to grow up in a safe environment so she will pick up a big stick, put it in its beak, and then and, and do this to try to break it so she knows that the, the foundation of the nest is strong enough to hold these babies up it's strong enough to be able to, to have that weight or that burden. And then she will, she will go off and she will get some vines and kind of tie it all together. She will go off and she will get some leaves and then put it out around the edges because, you know, there's all those pointy bit, bits that are going to be poked. Not my babies. That's, that's not good enough for my babies. It, Sound like a mama. And so <laughs> that's still not comfortable enough. So if it has if it has some sort of fur from one of its killed, it, it will line line the nest with, with fur. And, and if that it doesn't have that, the mother will literally take feathers, feathers out of its own body, and it will line the nest for the comfort of the eaglet. That's the mother's love. I got a mother that loves me like that. I got a mother that, that sacrifices for me. I got, I got a mother that, I can so see the similarities of, of, of mothers doing that for their children and the eagle doing that for its, its hatchlings. And even once it lays its eggs, that, that mother will defend that nest to the death if it needs to. Nothing is coming and attacking my babies before they hatch. The Lord loved me before he knew me. I mean, before I was even around, the Lord loved me before, I, from the foundation of the earth is what the Bible says. And, and then when that, that eaglet is born, it, of course, it grows up in the house of luxury. You know, it's got, it, it's got the down comforter, because, you know, I think down comforter means it has feathers, right? Right, ladies? Okay, I learned that term a few years ago. Very smart. So, <laughs> Sorry. Before it's born, it already has a place of luxury. And all that little eaglet has to do is wake up. Every few hours when it's hungry, it opens up its beak and its belly is full. And then after that, all it has to do is lay around and, and just get some sleep. And then if it gets a little bit bored, you know, they got plenty of Wi-Fi, so it gets on Netflix or Hulu or or, or Disney Plus, and and then it just watches TV. And, And, you know, the room service is never late. The house is always clean. The Wi-Fi is always strong. And, and so the, this eaglet grows up with all these comforts of this nest because it's like living in a, in a, you know, in a five-star hotel. I don't know about you, but I could live in a hotel. You know, I go out and I get some lunch and somebody comes and they, I, I show up and my room is clean. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. And, and there's down, down comforters there, so I can totally relate with this eaglet. But there comes a day. When the mother eagle knows that that baby was made to fly. The baby doesn't know, but the mother knows. You may not know, but God knows. You may be in comfort where you are, but the mother eagle knows that the day has come for this baby to fly. Why? Because it was made to fly. Why is there a calling on your life? Because we were made to glorify God. How do we glorify God? By being the light in this world for him. That light may be that you drive a bus like Miss Cheryl. It may be you feed the kids. It may be that you help clean with the church. It takes the whole body of Christ in order to do all these things but there's a purpose for our lives. There's a flight that God wants out of our lives, and God will come like this mother eagle, and he knows that we're made to fly, and so we have to leave the nest, but why would we want to? Because, man, that sounds like the life. That sounds like the life. If you are a blood-bought child of God, You're programmed to grow just like the eagle. There's times when we feel like, well, I don't know what purpose God has for my life, because you ain't looking, dummy. That's that's as plain as I can say it. Because in our heads, we we have an idea of what do we want to do for the Lord. But the Lord has something he wants to do. And, And it takes us moving out of the way and saying, Lord, what do you want for my life? How can I serve you, Lord? How can I glorify you? Let your will be done, not my will be done. You know, brother Mark gets up here sometimes, and 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 I I relate. There's times when I'm like, oh, I, I don't I don't know. I got to go preach, and, and you know, Comforter was really warm this morning, and uh, but I know that if I don't, that that urge that that I'm not doing what God's called me to do. There's so many times I've wanted to walk away from ministry because of the things either going on in ministry or outside of ministry, but I know that if I do, then, then there's going to be no peace. There's, there's not going to be... I'm not doing what the Lord has called me to do, and and, and you know, the... The the eagle, it would be happy walking around on the ground if it was a chicken. It would be happy walking around on the ground flying up to a tree if it was a turkey. If it was a roadrunner, it'd be happy going, meet me. You know, it, it would be absolutely happy doing all those things. But the eagle wasn't made for those things. The eagle was made to grow. The eagle was made to leave the nest. The eagle was made to fly. And some of us are happy with being saved. And if you're saved, hey, I congratulate you. That, that's amazing. But but if there's no peace in your life, if something's missing, that's because you were made to grow. You were made to fly. And you're not, you're not searching it. You're not seeking it. You're not willing to get out of the nest. And so that's why there's no peace. So if you're a blood-bought child of God, you're programmed to grow. You're programmed to move forward. You're programmed to do more than what you're doing. As as much as as long as brother Mark's been in the ministry every every day he's trying to grow every year he's trying to grow and, and even when you're doing what God calls you to do and you've grown to a certain place God has something more for you you grow to a certain point so that you can go on to the next thing that God has for you we were made to grow but are familiar and, and that's one of those uh one of those uh... Oh, what are those people you go talk to? Counseling words. Familiar. Your familiar can have you stuck. Your familiar can keep you in bondage. Your familiar can have you in the wilderness. Because if you're familiar with nothing but fighting, if you're familiar with nothing but but trauma relationship, if you're familiar with, with whatever it is that you have You can actually find comfort in things that are not healthy for you because those are familiar things to you. And so if you say, if you say, God, send me a good man, and and God sends you into a place of where you're alone because you need to grow a little bit before He sends you that good man, before He sends somebody to be your helpmate. And that's not the familiar, because your familiar is to be over here and you're constantly fighting and you're constantly being told how good you're not. and you're constantly being put down, and you're constantly wondering why that's your familiar. And so when you get over here, this is not familiar. This is not familiar. This is keeping me in bondage. And so I get scared, and I go back over here. Why? Because at least when I'm being talked to ugly, that's what I know. That's, That's where my brain, that's where I find comfort. God can grow you out of those things. I say those things because not everything that you do is necessarily a down comforter nest. It's not necessarily something that is just comfort. It can be a very uncomfortable place, but that's your familiar, and that's where you find your comfort. And that's what a lot of us struggle with is not knowing how to break those bondages that we've been programmed, whether we saw our parents do it, whether that's how we've grown up in our family, whether it's a sin that you just can't let go and get over because my sin, I know it's wrong, I know it's dirty, I know it's this, I know it's that, but that's where I'm comfortable and that's where my familiar is. And no matter what your familiar may be, whether it's good or it's bad, we were made to grow just as like like the eagle was made to fly. And so the eagle, the eagle, just like God, if the baby doesn't get up and start trying to fly, it's going to disrupt the things that are going on. It's going to disrupt the familiar. It's going to disrupt the comfort. It's going, to, it's going to try to motivate this eaglet in order to activate it to do what it's, what it's meant to do. And so the, the eagle, the eagle starts disrupting the nest probably by pushing that little little baby and, and, and then removing, removing the, the, the down comforters and all you have is some scratchy sheets. They're not even 600 Egyptian cotton. And, and, then, and then it takes the leaves out and then it, it just nothing but bare bones and, and, and it turns off the Wi-Fi and, and all of a the sudden the, the food is just gonna be like you're down here at Smith County Hotel, a big little dumpling of, 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 of peanut butter. And, and a little bit of toast and a little bit of crackers. Why do I know? Because I've been to Smith County Hotel and some red Kool-Aid, and, and, and it's just nasty looking. And, and all of a sudden, you know, it's not, it's not very comfortable, but hey, snacks may not be as good. They may be the Aldi brand, not the, not the name brand, but I'll still eat them. I, I may have some sticks sticking out and sticking me in the back, but I'll still, I'll still be here. And when when that doesn't work, when that doesn't work, the the eagle will will try to push the baby out to the edge, out to the edge to see if if it will take the notion that it's time for you to fly. So it tries to motivate the the, the eaglet to activate to do what it's called to do. And and if, if that doesn't work, then it may stand up. On the nest, and it may just just stretch its wings and show it. Hey, this is this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're meant to do. You're you're supposed to do this. So I'm trying to motivate you to activate you. And if if that doesn't work, then then she may hover in front of it and be like, Look, look, no feet. I'm flying. No feet. This is this is what you were made to do. No feet. And it may swoop off over there and swoop off over here. And it's trying to motivate, to activate. And God does that for us. God will make us uncomfortable. God will put the pull, the tug on our heart. God God will make it uncomfortable if you don't answer the call. And and then he, he, not only will, will he do that, but... Jesus came from the palace in heaven down to earth to show us that this is how you go with sorrow. This is how you do betrayal. This is how you handle this situation. I'm not not only your God because I'm telling you I'm your God. I'm I'm your God and I want to motivate you to activate you because when, when the Bible says Jesus wept, that means Jesus cried. Maybe not for many of you, but when you grow up with the mentality that real men don't cry, you better suck it up, you better rub some dirt on it, you, you, bet, you, you better not cry because you're a man. Jesus wept. I'm all man because I can cry. I'm all man because if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me in my pain and my sorrow. Because the comfort I used to find in real men don't do this or real men don't do that, Jesus came from heaven to earth to show me, to flap his wings in front of me, to say, this is how you handle this situation. There's no situation here on earth that Jesus didn't have to handle so that you and I could see what that looks like and so that he could motivate us to activate us. He came down. For the whole human experience. And he's like, This is what you can do if you will just try. This is what you can do if you will just try. But God's not only a disruptor, not only is he going to disrupt you, he's also going to develop you. Disrupting you didn't work. You're, you're not motivated. You're, you're not activated. Then I'm going to develop you. So the eagle will literally, and, and some, I've watched a few videos, some of them will, will get that baby right out to, the, out to the edge and then, bam, knock it off. Some of them, probably the little more mamas that are a little bit more like lawnmower mamas, they're like, come on, baby, get up on my wings. So the baby gets up on the wings, and and the mother takes off, and it flies way up in the sky, and that baby's like, ha, I'm the king of the world. Rose, come on. And so (laughs) that mama goes, whoop, and drops that baby. (laughs) That sounds amazing. I don't know about y'all, but I used to love messing with my children. (laughs) Drops that baby off. So whether the baby's knocked off by the wing, whether it's taken way up and then it's dropped, can you imagine being the eaglet and all of a sudden you're just tumbling through the air and and you you, you couldn't, you, you weren't motivated by mama showing you how to do it. It didn't move you. So all of a sudden you are dropped from the sky, and you don't know what to do. You're so scared, so you try to do the very thing that you should have done in the first place, and you start trying to flap, and can you imagine? Mama, I thought you loved me. Mama, I thought you, I thought you. I, well, this doesn't make sense. I, I got some mama trauma now. <laughs> Either way, the eaglet will have no choice but to start flapping its wings. Why? Because that's all it's got. That's all it's got. God will get you to the point where that is all you have. If you cannot be motivated any other way, he will get you to the point where that is all you have. And you may be crying out and saying, God, I thought you loved me. God, why would you let this happen to me? God, what's going on? I thought you were a loving God. Why? Why? What the little baby may not know is that the mother is hovering right above it. It's hovering right above it. And before it falls to its destruction, it will catch that baby. It will catch that baby. And it will take it back up in the sky. And it will dump it over again. Why? Because God's developing you. God's developing me. And no matter how many times it takes, before I hit the ground and I hit destruction, just like God, the mother eagle will swoop and pick me up. And if I'm still not motivated, I'm still not activated, it will take me up way high and it'll dump me over again. And it'll feel uncomfortable. It'll feel like I have nobody to turn to. It will feel lonely. I can't describe it to you. I can't explain it to you. It doesn't make sense to you. I may come to you and I may try to have you give me some wisdom, but it doesn't work that way because God, just like the mother eagle, is the one trying to develop me. Your words can't develop me. Can they encourage me? Absolutely. But you can't develop me. It's not your job. And so eventually the little eagle's like, okay, 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 I got this. I got this. I've seen mama do it. I've seen God do it. Okay, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. And then all of a sudden its wings, you know, all of a sudden it starts flying. And then, you know, as it's doing the very little, the very little, all of a sudden a jet stream picks it up. And before you know it, it's like, ah, I'm amazing. Look at me. I'm God's gift to God. Look how glorious I am. I don't know if you've ever had the Holy Spirit just get a hold of you. I don't know if you've ever had the Holy Spirit just pick you up. I don't know if you've ever just been floating like the Holy Spirit just has you. And you're on, the, you're on this, I'm sorry, I'm using a church, but you're on this high that no drug could ever touch. You're on this high that nothing could ever could ever create down here on earth. And you, the Holy Spirit has you, but the Bible says even youth will grow tired. And I'm older. Even the youth will grow tired and weary. And so the mama's still hovering and the baby gets tired and then it just, you know, it drops again. And, and, and the mama will go and it will swoop down and it will pick it up and it'll bring it and put it down. And it's like, okay, now you're doing what you were meant to do. So, so I've, I've, tried, I've tried motivating you. I've tried activating you. I'm, I'm developing you. You were, you were meant, this is what you were meant to do. You were meant to fly. And even though the eaglet will grow weary and grow tired, just like God, the eagle is always there to catch her child as it's learning to do what it was called to do. So not only will God disrupt you, not only will God develop you, God will also deliver you. God will deliver you I don't think y'all heard what I'm saying. God will deliver you. That means that no matter what problem's going on in your life, I know it it seems horrible, no matter what, what, what season you're going on, no matter what is happening in your life, if something's happening, why am I being disrupted if something's happening? What is God trying to, trying, trying to uh, disrupt me for? What is he trying to develop me for? And when you get tired of, of asking the wise and you look to the answers of God and you look to the song of Moses, then you can take comfort in knowing that God does, does that because you were meant for more. And you can take comfort because God, you're the apple of his eye and you were meant for more and he's disrupting you. He he is developing you. And finally, no matter what happens, He will deliver you. Amen? Amen? If you will do, if I will do what we've been made to do with the little faith we have, with the little flapping of our wings, He will increase that faith And He will turn our sorrow into joy. And if we do the best we can, the Lord will increase that little bit. And we will be walking in His will and doing what He has called us to do. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He will always deliver us. And Moses went on to say, or, went on to write there is no god like you god actually let's go to our yeah i better read the other two verses sorry i got excited as an eagle stirs up its nest hovers over its young spreading out its wings taking them up carrying them on its wings so the lord alone led him that there was no foreign god with him there is something in in inside of us that when we are so in tune with the Lord and we're doing what he's called us to do, nothing else seems to be as important, nothing else seems to matter, no matter no matter what may be going on, we know that God is just like this mother eagle and we are going to be okay. No matter how tough our life may be, no matter what situations, what wilderness whatever we find ourselves in, The Lord, when the Lord alone leads us, there will be nothing else that can take his place. And there is so much peace in that. And I wish I could tell you how to get there. I wish I could tell you that I'm there all the time, but I'm not. Why? Because I like comfort. I like being in the nest. But if Moses went on to write, there is no God like your God. He resides in the heavens to help you. He's in the skies of his majesty. He is the eternal God. He is the dwelling place for all who will dwell under his shadow of his wing. He is our eternal God. He is our sheltering place. And underneath his wings, we will have everlasting salvation. Or we can, I guess, dwell underneath his everlasting arms is our salvation. And you know, anything that God gives... It lasts. Anything that God gives, it lasts. How long does it last, Brother Martin? Forever. How long is that? Forever. How long is that? I don't know. Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. His love will always last. His glory will always last. His goodness will always last. His salvation will always last. The everlasting life that he's promised us will always last. But while we're on this side of heaven, if nobody else got encouraged, I'm encouraged myself. Ask, why is my life being disrupted? Why is God developing me? And even in these uncomfortable times, because maybe I'm fighting it, what does God want out of my life? Give him the very little that you may have, and he will increase that. And no matter what may happen, he will always deliver you from anything to come. Amen.
0: Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. I'm going uh, to ask the band to come back up, and uh, we're going to have a time of response. I don't know what your struggle is today. Uh, man, but we can soar on wings like eagles. Does that mean that everything is pleasant? You know, I, I was thinking as Brother Martin was preaching there that uh, it's kind of it ties in with uh, with Veterans Day. You know, people who served our country, uh, they didn't do it for the comfort. They didn't do it because they were giving them down blankets and down pillows to sleep on, and everything was uh, they they made a sacrifice, didn't they? They made a sacrifice so that you and I could be free. They made a sacrifice so that we could retain our freedoms. Some even gave their very own lives. And uh, it's not always pleasant. God, What God calls us to is not always pleasant. The only thing he promised us was that there is something beyond this that will make this temporary discomfort be worth it all. See, because this is temporary. This is extremely temporary. What waits for us is eternal. This is just a drop in the bucket what waits for us on the other side. So we live in a sinful, in a broken world. You know, here's what we need to understand. God gets all the credit, but unfortunately also gets all the blame. And we want to, we're very quick to blame God, aren't we? God, why did you let this happen? God, why is this sorrow coming to me? And what we need to understand is uh, it's not God's fault. Sin came into the world, and that's why we live in a sinful world. That's why we have to go through so many heartaches. That's why the flesh suffers. Amen. So don't blame God. Thank God for what he's given you. Thank God that no matter what troublesome things we encounter here on earth, he's waiting for us on the other side. And he wants to say, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Father, have your will in your way during this time, Lord. I pray that you'd use this invitation for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. If you need to get saved, Brother Martin will be on that side of the stage. I'll be on this side. If you just need to come, recommit your life, join the church. If you need to come and just lay your burdens at the altar, whatever you need, you come today. Let's end today just by thanking God for what He's done. And uh, God is good. April, would you hear me that iPad right there? We're going to sing a song called Build My Life. And we're going to go out with this thought in mind. Amen. Go ahead, Jared. That is your prayer today. I hope that you know that we can only build our life on that firm foundation. Amen. Sometimes God, as Brother Martin said, has to strip away everything else to where that's all that we have left. Amen. I want to share some great decisions with you today. Debbie, come stand right here. This is Debbie Rutherford. She said, I've been looking for a home. I've been looking for a family, and I think I've found it. Amen. So she comes today to be a a part of our family here at Landmark Baptist Church. And then Lori Yielding, Lori, you come here. Lori, she grew up here a long time ago when there was some little fat guy that was the youth minister. And she was a teenager. That was a long, long time ago. So I've known Lori a long time. But Lori comes today and she says, I I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to recommit myself to the Lord. Amen. So we're going to pray and thank the Lord for a great day and for these great decisions, and I want you to come by and just shake their hand, let them know how how proud you are of them uh, after we get through here. All right, let's pray today. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for these decisions this morning, Lord. Just thank you for the power of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you for Martin and what he shared with us this morning, God. And Lord, we thank you, God, that uh, your word never returns void, God. Thank you, Lord, for how it touches our life. May we go and may we live today. May we soar uh, as on eagle's wings, Lord. You didn't call us to be downtrodden. You didn't call us to just give up. You didn't call us to just want to stay in comfort and and not make sacrifice, God. You've called us to get up and go do something and to soar for you, to find our purpose in you. I pray for everyone in this room, if they've not found that purpose, that they would find it. Thank you for a great day today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come greet these two if you would.